You've all heard the saying, there is no I in team. Well, that's partly correct. But we each bring a unique perspective and experience when working as a team. So it can be viewed as a collective group of eyes that work together to build a team of success. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. With host Dr. Cass Henry. In today's program, we'll uncover the tools of team success in order to achieve winning results. Now, here is Dr. Cass Henry. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. I'm Dr. Cass Henry, and I am very excited to share another hour with you. Food is such a basic human need. It nourishes us and sustains us, but it is actually more than just that. We are truly what we eat. The nutrients in our food literally shapes our health. At a time of ever-increasing global lifestyle diseases resulting from our food and exercise, now is a good time to embark on a conversation about food. The holiday season is fast approaching. We're all making New Year resolutions. Let us therefore make time to talk about food and health to help us shape our own well-being. Food at its heart is culture. It is the very identity of people. When we want to understand a culture, we have to start by sharing their food and their culture through food. Food therefore becomes a bridge to overcome cultural divide. In fact, we all need to make time to enjoy each other's food and celebrate each other's culture through their music and dancing. And if we did that, we might actually begin to realize how similar we are. And besides, we'll be so happy and so euphoric with the food and the music and the dancing, we'll probably not be in a mood to big fights. We want to eat, sing, and dance and be happy with our families and our community because all of these things make us secrete those positive chemicals in our brain. And ultimately, as human beings, that's what we're looking for, right? To be happy and to be liked and be in a company that is enjoyable. Food, therefore, truly can be what nourishes our body and nurtures our soul to build relationships. Food engages the senses. It brings the sense of smell, sight, touch, taste, and also a feeling of happiness. Cooking, eating, and sharing a meal is literally a feast for all the senses. For me, cooking is an expression of the land where you are and the culture of that place, says Wolfgang Puck. And I could not agree with him more. I am personally fueled by the passion for cooking and be creative in the kitchen. Cooking and feeding folks is my way of showing my circle how much I love them. When cooking, I am free and my senses are at work with utter abandons. I don't cook with a recipe. I cook with the sense of touch and smell and taste. And with, with engagement of my senses, I realize the more I put love into my food, the food becomes tasty. The joke in my house when people say, how come I used the same recipe? It didn't come out right. I say, well, I used a little bit of love in it, right? So we all know when food is cooked with love, which is why going home and eating mom's cooking is so, so very important and very calming and very soothing to us. 
So I am very blessed to have as my guest today, Chef Brian, who not only understands this love, but also has made it his mission to change the lives of others through food and through cooking. He walked away from a very successful 25-year computer engineering career to follow his heart and passion. You are sure to enjoy this enlightening conversation with Chef Brian on our episode today, Feed Food for Thought and Developing Bonds. Chef Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on. It is truly, truly my joy and pleasure to welcome you to the show, and I cannot wait for our listeners to hear you. So what I would like to do as we kick off the show, Brian, is actually to have you talk about how you got into this food and the passion of food and what made you walk away from everything you have built towards your career and how you got to where you are today. Okay. Well, you know what? It's 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 totally unscripted. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I if I had bet years ago that I would be in this position to mm-hmm. be able to empower and save lives through cooking, I would have bet against it. I actually uh-huh. have been cooking since I was in grade school. Literally, since I was in grade school, um, I come from a family that always have cooked. We stayed in the kitchen. We gathered around the dinner table. Mm-hmm. So it was always about trying to create and cook and foster good relationships through food. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, like I say, I've been cooking since grade school. Uh, and I've always cooked, although I was uh, in the IT profession for over 25 years. I think that afforded me the ability to study cultures abroad because I did a lot of mm-hmm. travel in my IT uh, field. I spent time in Europe. I spent time in Dubai. I spent time in Korea. So Mm -hmm. during those times, as an IT engineer, I was just always intrigued by different cultures, different foods. It also helped me to realize that this is what I really wanted to do passionately. Mm -hmm. So while I was uh, abroad, you know, I took time out. I had a lot of time on my hand while I was in Europe, and I went to culinary school. Um, And I I didn't go to learn to cook. I went to improve on what I've already had been God-given, and mm-hmm. I also went to learn technique and to get modified as a chef so that I can be able to uh, utilize my talent uh, correctly. Mm-hmm. So through all of those years of being an IT professional, in 2008, I came back to the States, and I literally quit my job okay. and said, mm-hmm. I want to cook for a living. I had witnessed so many of my friends uh, dying because of uh, bad lifestyles, bad eating habits, and diseases like diabetes and heart diseases, which they could have somewhat modified via their diet as one of the ways. So I came home, and lo and behold, my very first catering job was for then Senator Barack Obama. So that in in itself was a blessing in disguise. and after which, I just kept on crafting and homing into my craft. And I, the American Diabetes Association reached out to me and wanted me to come on board as one of their chefs. So I had to make a total 360 into what I thought was cooking and actually had to foster better cooking habits, better techniques, and ways to save lives. So here I am today trying to save lives through diet and through cooking. Uh, I tell people now I feel like I've worked a day in my life. Because mm-hmm. I've had the opportunity to share two careers that I truly am passionate about and I truly love. 
And cooking right now is my number one priority. Being able to empower and save lives through cooking is what I'm here to do. Wow, that is such a wonderful and uh, insightful journey because a lot of people think once their career is set and they've been in a profession for 20, 25 years, they cannot course correct. So this is the time where I actually have to make a confession in the interest of full disclosure. I actually tasted your food long before I met you or talked to you, right? (laughs) So Michelle and I, your better half, your other half, she and I worked together and she would bring food to the office and I I experiment cook myself. So we would always exchange food and we would talk right. about how much wonderful it is to eat this kind of food and experiment and share in each other's, you know, taste buds and the way we culturally Absolutely. have our own different kinds of food. And Absolutely. through Absolutely. those conversations of sharing meals is when she started telling me, oh, I don't make these. My boyfriend makes these for me. <laughs> oh, she confessed, huh? <laughs> yes, yes, she confessed. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, truly, having met your food before I met you, I have a good sense of the variety of foods you make and the work you put into making sure it's even presented well because it's packed very nicely. It's not yes. just cooking. It is also it goes back, presenting. It goes back to what you said as well about it's not even a recipe. It's about the love and the attention and the experimental process of coming up with the dishes I do. There is no recipe. The recipes, and when I tell people they use recipes, I tell them, let that be your blueprint. And you take that and you make it your own. And you mm-hmm. alter that recipe so that it can assess your dietary needs. That is so true. My father-in-law used to be a German pastry chef, and I inherited all these baking recipes. Mm-hmm. But then coming from Sri Lanka, a land of spices, I've yes. learned to use my cardamom and my cinnamon and my nutmeg, all of those yep. things into the cookies. So I've made them my own. But I couldn't do that without his basic recipe. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is true. So every Christmas... Even though he's no longer with us, he is with us because everybody's eating a part of what he created. There you go. And like and, you said, food uh, and coming from, I've met people of several different cultures, different backgrounds, and there seems to be a bridge when there's food involved. And then you cross mm-hmm. that bridge, and it seems to bring people closer together. Because, you know, like I told you, it started with me at the dinner table. You know, when I was a child, I couldn't eat in my bedroom. You know, I couldn't go, go out to eat much. We had to come home and sit down to a, a meal at a dinner table, which has to foster conversation and which has to foster good measures. And you actually get to measure people up when you sit at a dinner table. So it is a ministry. It's not just about eating. It is a ministry. Yes, and I love the fact that you talk about food as a ministry. Can you elaborate a little bit on that so that the audience have a better understanding of what you mean by a ministry and how they can take this and make it their own ministry in their homes and in their communities? Absolutely, absolutely. And when I say that, people hear the word ministry, I always think of someone up on a podium uh, ministering Mm -hmm. uh, some type of information or some type of truck. When I say ministry, I say that once you take the time to prepare meals, and people see the passion that you have in it, they tend to jump on board even quicker. And one of those examples I always give folks is a lot of people have come to me and said, oh, my God, I can't get my child to eat these vegetables. I prepare for them. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. So I tell them there's two ways that I've learned that you can get a child 
to eat vegetables. First, you have to engage them. That's mm-hmm. part of the ministry. When a child is engaged and helps to prepare things, they're more prone to try them than opposed to you fixing them and shoving it in their face. Yes. The second thing is it's about technique. No one wants mushy food, especially with children. It's all about texture. So, you know, it's about, when I say ministry, it's about bringing people closer together from different age brackets, different cultures, uh, different ethnicities, and, and I see through food as my ministry is how I'm able to get closer to people and actually build trust in people because when they taste your food and they see the passion you have in it, they tend to build a trust in you as a person as well. That is so very true. And actually, the brain secretes chemicals that makes us feel loved and cared for when certain things in our environment happens. And food is yep. one of those things, right? Food creates yep. a sense of being loved, sense of being cared for. And therefore, yep. it also is the positive psychology of wanting to do everything constructive in that group of people you're sharing food with. So there's actually Absolutely. a chemistry behind how food also builds relationship. And maybe if we all ate good food, everybody will quit fighting with each other. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we, maybe <laughs> maybe, we, everybody maybe we should give everybody a spatula instead of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wouldn't that be a beautiful thing if we do that? And the yeah, funny thing is, I started cooking growing up as a good child. meal to bring people closer. That would be a beautiful thing. Wouldn't it be? Oh, my God. Yes. I remember growing up as a child in the middle of a war zone in Sri Lanka, and the military guys will come and raid us. And my immediate reaction is, can I make you some tea? Can I give you some food? You look very tired. I know yep. just the yep. last house, they killed people. But if I freak yep. out about that, the next is I'm going to be dead too, right? So I used to have food and conversation as a vehicle to break their rhythm. And I'm alive today because they all wanted food. There Not a go. single time <laughs> any of them said, no, I just want to kill you. The minute they had yep. food, everybody was ready to put their gun down and just relax. And I made them a meal. Yep. And then they were they're too tired to do anything because everybody's in a food coma, right? <laughs> yep, that's it. <laughs> so food can truly, truly become a positive thing. Yes, and, <laughs> and I'm so glad you brought that up in terms of how food truly build, builds a sense of love and a sense of belonging. And hold that yep. thought and we're going to pick this conversation up when we get back from our break. Right. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, 
and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. We are picking up our conversation with Chef Brian, and we are talking about how food uh, brings about a sense of love, sense of belonging, sense of being cared for, and how food as a ministry is going to help us bind together, not just as a family, but also as a community, as we start looking at building a more happy environment to live in. Brian, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So when you are out there cooking for people, cooking for events, cooking for organizations like the Diabetes Association, how are people engaging with you and how are you able to give back and be a part of that movement? Okay. Well, one of the things is uh, with, with working with the American Heart and Diabetes Association, mm-hmm. it affords me the uh, opportunity, and with the University of Chicago Diabetes Group, it affords me the opportunity to go back into the neighborhood. Uh, when I say that, we've also partnered with some food uh, stores here in the uh, inner city, more urban parts, the Saberots, mm-hmm. the Walgreens, and the Farmers Mart. So okay. I felt that being in these places, a lot of times, especially in the Afro-American community and the, the, the low economic neighborhoods, mm-hmm. they won't go to the farmer's marts or to the fresh vegetables because they don't know what to do with, such, with those type of foods. So my mm-hmm. mission is to show people how to engage and show them how they can make sensible and more healthy meals uh, with some of the more fresh produce instead of always getting stuff from cans and buying stuff that's processed. Mm-hmm. So with, with that being said, I'm always reaching out. I'm always giving people ideas. And I think because I'm so engaging, I'm not just in front of the people just doing a cooking demo and just handing out uh, a recipe card and saying, good night, go home and cook it. I'm literally engaging the crowd. I'm getting their input. I'm letting them know that if you're going to follow this recipe, don't stray away from it because you don't have one of the two of the ingredients. Just substitute it for something else. And I'm always teaching folks about how to make things low sodium. You know, one lady, mm-hmm. one of the recipe calls for low sodium soy sauce. And she's like, I can never find that in the store, ever, the store that I shop at. I tell her, all you have to do is uh, infuse it with water. Just water it down. That'll make it low sodium. So, you know, just little things to get people to thinking about how to do healthier recipe alterations and how to mm-hmm. make substitutions in the recipes, how to use fresh herbs and stuff like that, more holistic type of things to help them. And like we spoke before, Cass, we were talking about how people need to try to improve their health uh, through mm-hmm. diet and, uh, and try to stay away from a lot of the medications. If you could like, entice people to do that, I think they're willing to try it. I'm, I'm big into ginger and turmeric. I make this ginger and turmeric 
uh, lemonade that I always serve at events, mm-hmm. and people love it. And little do they know it's actually helping them with their digestives. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, my God, yes, yes. See, I have, I start my day with a warm glass of water with turmeric, honey, and lime. And then all day I drink ginger and honey tea. Yeah. And people don't realize how wonderful it is. It's a cancer cancer inhibitant. It's for diabetes. It's for cholesterol. Yeah, right? So are people open to listening to these kind of things and seeing the value of food as natural healers? Actually, actually, uh, I think they are. I think because they, they see me in the light of, like I said, I'm not some celebrity chef on TV, somebody mm-hmm. that they can reach, feel, and, and talk to. I'm in their face. And I think that mm-hmm. changes the whole scenario. I'm right there. I'm doing it. I'm living it. And I'm passionate about it. And I tend to find a lot of repeat uh, people at my cooking demonstrations. They can't wait to come to the next cooking demonstration to tell me how the things that I've showed them and instilled in them has helped to change their lifestyle. You know, I don't mm-hmm. call it diets because I don't even like the word diet that's in it. Uh-huh. I tell them it's a, it's a lifestyle change. You know, okay. it's about diet. It's about exercise. It's about freeing your mind, getting in touch with your spirit. You know, it's a whole lifestyle change. That That is a much better approach because diet has such a negative connotation. Yes. People feel like they have to give up too much. Yeah, they do. They give up too much. And then I'll tell people, they'll be like, oh, boy, I lost so many pounds. I say, you know you might find it again. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, that is diet, true. That is very true. And find when you find it, it, you find it twice as much, quickly and twice as much. There you go. There you go. So, yeah, I think it's about, like I said, I build a lot of trust in people right? because they don't, they see I'm not just out there doing it for the money or doing it for the love. I'm doing it because I want to try to save lives. I'm doing it because I want to empower people to take control of their own diet and quit letting people tell them how to eat and what to eat and get away from that fast food. Take control of your diet. Take control of your life. That's part of my mission. That is beautiful. We have a slightly different set of dilemma, too, in the inner city of Chicago where there are food desserts, where there is no access to fresh fruit and vegetables. Everything is processed, right? So it's socially engineered pockets of community that doesn't have access to what the rest of the community has. How can we help those communities? Well, you know what? Uh, I try to I try to bring that different. Like I say, uh, just with some of the partnerships that I have, I try to mm-hmm. make sure that we don't lose the focus of what we're trying to do, and that's to try to get people to rethink what they eat and rethink what they drink. And and I guess one of the examples I give them at my cooking demos: if you don't have access to these fresh vegetables and you can only get them in a can, I always stress to them to rinse them well. Because that stuff in the can is not seasoned. It's all preserved. So some people who can't get the fresh stuff, but if you just show them techniques, like rinsing them as well as they can and restarting their broth process, you know, and just get them into the habit of, if they can, to buy fresh. Show them how to use it. Uh, I stay on my partnership. I don't want them to ever forget that there's people who don't have access to these uh, fresh fruits and vegetables. So with that being said, at the farmer's mart, we actually engage people to come to the University of Chicago because we match them dollar for dollar. Or we give them what we call market bucks. We give them $10 for just attending the cooking demo. So once they get the $10 in market bucks, they someone have a sense of how to use it, how to cook with it, and what it actually does. 
because I educate them on what these foods actually do for their bodies. So it, it, it's slowly but surely coming to try to weed out the food deserts uh, in Chicago. But even if they weed them out and they do supply good food sources, people still need to know what to do with it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So if somebody has an organization that has a community outreach, community activity uh, component to it, and they want to engage with you around Thanksgiving or around Easter to go and yep. have these kind of community outreach events to help mm-hmm. in those kind of neighborhoods, can they engage you and partner with you to have cooking demos um, and create that awareness and make food and get people together? Absolutely. And before the broadcast, and we'll, I'll give that information. I'll reach you you know, through social media, uh, and I can give out my email address. Or they could just go directly to, like, the American Heart or Diabetes Association, and they would definitely reach out to me because I'm one of their premier chefs and premier partners when it comes to doing stuff in the inner city. And they'll also bring other material because the cooking portion is just one part of it. They'll also bring out life coaches, dietitians. It'll be a whole panel of people who can help them because it takes a team to help someone. It's just not me and my cooking. People also need life coaches. They need dietitians. They need nutritionists. They need to really know what's going on with themselves because cooking is just not going to do it by itself. So we bring out a team. Yes, we do. Okay, so that sounds like the approach is help the entire person transform as part of the lifestyle change instead of just one or the other. Don't, don't move different dials. Help move the whole person. Yeah, that's it. You're absolutely right. So, yeah, we, I will share that information uh, by the end of this cast of how people yeah, can get in touch with me. Definitely, definitely. Yep. We will go there. So I yep. also, I have been known to tell people that I only shop around the perimeter of the store because I believe in eating only what God made. I don't <laughs> have too true. much time for what man made because it's all chemistry. And my husband laughs at me and says, I'm American and I believe in better living through chemistry, right? So this is the uh, island Asian lifestyle coming head on collision with the American lifestyle. And this is a oh, yeah. running comedy of errors in our household. Yeah. What advice okay. do you gonna, have for people who are in that? You're going to come to this conclusion. <laughs> Pardon? I said, you guys will be able to build a bridge. Those those two differences, you'll come to some sudden conclusion. Uh, you know, and I tell folks too, Chaz, when they're going to the grocery store, to make you got to make a game plan. You got to have a game plan when you're going to the grocery huh? store. Because otherwise you'll find yourself buying a whole bunch of things that you don't even want. That's so true. That you is so true. Yeah. Yep. We have learned through experience, don't go when you're hungry, there you make go. a menu there for the whole week and then buy only the ingredients. And then yeah. we make the menu in the uh, order of who's going to make the meals. So there I cook go. one night, he cooks one <laughs> night, we take turns, and then we buy those yeah. ingredients. And then I tell folks to try to make their shopping menu in a category, you know, while the fresh produce are the same kind of, because you'll find yourself in the fresh produce section, and but you got rice for this. So you can't get it for So you kind of get yourself mixed up and spent mm-hmm. around. And yes, you know, as I know, grocery stores are becoming very overwhelming. The whole oh, yes. process and the look of a grocery store tends to help. Pick. Some people don't even want to come back. It can be a heck of an experience. So you have to make a plan and try to put all of your items in a category as to where they exist in the store. I know. It is It is overwhelming. I remember my first time at the store. I didn't know the difference between frozen yogurt and ice cream. 
and frozen custard. Right, right. Nobody could explain it to me at the store. I actually walked out. It took me two weeks to Google and figure out before I went back to the store to get what I wanted. You had, you, had to get your, you had to get your plan together. <laughs> I know. There is regular milk. There is 2% milk. That is skim milk. I'm like, yep. I thought milk came from the cow, right? So <laughs> you learn all this and figure out. And yep. I came to the realization that nobody sells the way the milk came out of the cow. Everything is modified. There you go. Nobody knew it. <laughs> so yeah, but like I said, it's all about. I I just really like to stress to the to the people that's listening that it's all about a lifestyle change in your diet and everything else. But I'll tell you, here's a, here's a true story. I had a, lost a few friends, young folks, uh, mm-hmm. to diabetes and heart disease. And here's the thing: when they got diagnosed, they come to me, and the first thing the doctor told them is that they need to try to modify their diet and exercise more to keep them from giving them all this medication and insulin. Well, lo and behold, we did that. We started to modify the diets. We started the exercise. But the saddest thing is about a lot of folks is once they start to feel better, they tend to go back to their old habits. There you go. They Mm -hmm. don't make it a lifestyle change. It's a feel-better change. You know, you need to continue. You need to carry on. You need to change your lifestyle. And I think that's one of the things that people tend to forget. It's just not a diet. It's just not a, I want to stop eating this and stop eating that. You need to learn how to do things in moderation mm-hmm. and portion control. Mm-hmm. Moderation and portion control. That is true. And it it is, eating is not a fad and it's not seasonal in the sense that when you're sick, you eat healthy and when you're healthy, you kind of fall around, yeah. right? There you go. I, I, tell, I tell all of the people in the crowd, everyone in here should eat as if they were a diabetic. <laughs> just, just make your whole as diet long as diet. I can have a little bit of chocolate every now and then I'm good then every now and then but if, if you get that high percent of cocoa chocolate it's a little bit better for you it might not taste as good but it's better for you <laughs> that's true you know chili chocolate yep. dark chili chocolate is my favorite there you go <laughs> the darker Five the bucks. better so on the note of that chocolate we're going to take a break and come back Brian okay It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com for more information. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. 
are listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. You are picking up the conversation that I'm having with Chef Brian. Brian, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Kath. So we were talking about how uh, dietary changes need to be a lifestyle. It needs to be permanent. And you were advising that everything needs to be in moderation. Nothing is taboo. Everything is good as long as it's measured, right? Absolutely. So why do while, people struggle with that? Uh, I think because I think that's uh, due to your lifestyle. I think because of, it depends on the lifestyle. Because if your family has always eat one way uh, and, and you tend to pick up that same habit, I think it's habitual. But, you know, mm-hmm. it comes a time when somebody has to break the street. Somebody Psycho. has to be the one uh-huh. who, who breaks the bond, you know, from those habits. Mm-hmm. So it starts somewhere. Uh, and with that being said, you know, another thing, too, Cass, I've, I've realized is a lot of people don't know how to read the uh, ingredients. They don't read the labels on foods. Okay. And they don't see what an actual portion is because they'll go buy a bag of chips and they think that's one portion. You know, and it's not. <laughs> or they'll go back to the nuts and they'll think that's one portion. <laughs> one old bag not. of chips is one portion. Okay. <laughs> because it's in a bag, so right? Right, yeah, because it's one bag, I think it's one portion, and actually it's not. So, again, it goes back to educating the people about, you know, being conscious of reading labels, being conscious of seeing what's in your food, being conscious of what's on your plate, being conscious of what six ounces or eight ounces of of a service of a protein or fish is. And I always ask that question, you know, uh, to the audience, like, how do you know if you're eating uh, eight ounces, six ounces of meat? How do you know how you know? And people are like, oh, it's the size of the palm of your hand. I was like, yes and no. It's normally the size of the palm of a woman's hand. So I always tell the guys, you better get your girlfriend or wife if you're trying to eat right. You can't use your palm because that's probably going to be 12 with 10 ounces. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when you're getting that big steak, right? Yeah. Those kind of things that I kind of threw at the crack. Like I said, I keep it engaging. Uh, you know, I think, like I said, at the end of the day, it's all about making people aware, making people, uh, informing people what to look for, what to do, and empowering them to just be able to do these things on their own. Learn how to read labels. Learn about what a portion is. Learn what the ingredients are. Learn how to incorporate fresh herbs and good spices like turmeric and ginger and stuff into your diet. It's just about you have to engage people. You have to let them know because people just don't know. How. By what I do, I find that people just don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I find myself personally, when we go out to eat, I always order food that have flavor. I find that when the food doesn't have flavor, yeah. my need to satisfy my hunger is shoving down more food. Whereas yeah, when the absolutely. food is flavorful and it has herbs and spices, I don't need yeah. to eat that much. And that's what I tell folks. I try to get them I, to use the method of what I call layers of flavor. Mm-hmm. Not salt, 
flavor. So I always tell them when you go through your cabinet, when you get home, and you see that bottle of seasoning salt that you have, because I know you all got one, once that's gone, you blend, you make your own spice blend. And you usually want to use everything that doesn't have the word salt. Instead of garlic salt, you want to use garlic powder. Instead of onion salt, onion powder. So you take mm-hmm. all of these and you build your own recipe of flavor. You know? And should you, and should you have to add salt, you want to do it at the very end of your cookie, and that'll just help bring out the rest of those layers of flavor, you know? Mm-hmm. That makes total so sense. Be, that yeah, that makes, makes total sense. sense. Now, my mother-in-law, who is very, very old, she's up there in age, her doctor told her, because her daughter-in-law is from Sri Lanka, which is me, that she should right. get some, uh, there's a particular greens that grow in Sri Lanka called Gotokolar. And that is okay. sold as a tablet in the United States for Alzheimer's and dementia inhibition. So it's an okay. inhibitor of those kind of brain-related illnesses. And okay. so I actually get down dried gotokola leaf for my mother-in-law from the Sri Lanka grocery store in Canada because there's none in the United States for me to get. And okay. so the reason I bring this up is there is food and greens and fruit and vegetables and herbs and spices in different parts of the world that the pharmaceutical companies are extracting and using in the medication. If we can educate people on the ingredients and show them where to get access, maybe they will choose to eat the food rather than take the tablet. That's true. That is so true. You're right. And like you say, I always try to tell people, you can get most of the things that you find in the vitamins naturally from the foods that you eat. Mm-hmm. You know? But again, it takes us to educate folks about it because they don't know. They don't know anybody, so they don't do anybody. And I say this show, uh, for me, is one of those avenues of being able to educate and empower people. And hopefully when someone hears this, it'll spark something to them and go, let me see what this guy's talking about and let me follow up. Let me follow up and see if some of these things he's saying is true. That's what I like to do, spark that interest to get people to want to get interested in it. I think that's where it all began. That is such a wonderful purpose. I totally agree with you. And what are your thoughts on fried food versus baked food? And is there a time and a place where baking can substitute for frying? Absolutely. I'm glad you bring that up because, I, like I say, it's all about moderation. So I may eat fried food once a month, if that. And if not, I'll tell you what I do. I give people recipes to do oven fried foods. Mm-hmm. Oven fried. And, and I do this for my, my family from time to time. I'll take a chicken cutlet. I'll buy some, uh, some corn flakes and crunch them up. And I'll uh, egg wash or whatever, wash the chicken, roll it in the cornflakes, and spray it with a little oil, put it on a baking sheet, and lo and behold, they think they had some chicken that had been deep fried. Mm-hmm. So I try to show people those methods, too, of how to substitute uh, frying food or, or pan searing it or oven frying it. So it's about showing them different moderations and different ways they can enjoy food instead of using all of that fat and doing all of the frying process. So it's all about showing people different techniques. But I would say, like I say, it's all about moderation. It's all about moderation. I know mm-hmm. some folks that only eat fried food. I'm like, how could you do that to yourself? You know, and that's only because of habitual ways. That's the habits that they've been in. And until I come into their life and show them an alternative way, they tend to like, okay, there, there is some difference. There is some ways. And you tend to feel better when you don't eat as much fried food. 
So you gotta you gotta give people those options and let them go through the go through the process. You know, I've actually put people through the test. I tell them, hey, why don't you drop dairy from your diet for eight days, just eight days, or drop some of the white things from your diet, like white bread, uh, white rice, white potatoes, and, and, and change it with whole wheat products. Just try it for eight days, and when people do that, they tell me it is a life changing experience of how their body's able to process, and, and, and they feel so much better. Their energy levels up. They mm-hmm. don't feel as much weakness in their body, you know, and they don't have to keep relying on these medications. So once they try it, I think it helps to engage them into be building a better lifestyle. Yep. Mm-hmm. So is there also different oils that are better, like olive, first press, uh, olive oil, sesame oil? Those are healthier oils. Yes, they are. Olive oil, they have a sesame oil, they have a, a avocado oils, which is good, mm-hmm. a grapeseed oil. These are all great oils that you can use and learn how to pan sear or to, to top your uh, salads with it. And I always tell folks, it's so funny, a young lady told me, she said, look, I, all I eat is salads. Salads, I don't even eat meat, and I can't seem to lose this weight. I say, so what are you putting on it? So she's drowning in it with all of this heavy dressing and blue cheese. I said, that's it right there. You know, so I showed her some techniques of how to design and build and make her own salad dressing and how you can just use a spray bottle and just moisture the lettuce. You don't have to, and toss it, you know, toss. So it's about techniques. But yeah, you want to try to change your oils. You want to try to get away from all of those, uh, those fattier oils. Uh, and then some foods contain their own oils. You know, just like eat a piece of salmon. That's a great uh, nutritional yes. value mm-hmm. of salmon and the oils that come from the salmon, from the fish. Yes, so baking the salmon is better than putting it in oil and deep frying it, right? Because then you're compounding. Oh, definitely. You can just put it in a a teaspoon of oil in a skillet and pan sear it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a a fan of baked food because it's much healthier. And where I come from, we tend to use lime and sour cream or buttermilk as the dressing. And then we add herbs and spices to it. Yep, yep. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of of, of heavy herbs. I'm, I'm I'm I'll herbal you to death. I tell you, I, I just uh, man, I, I, when Michelle and I go out shopping, she's like, "Oh my God, you run to the herbal section like I run to the shoe section." <laughs> <laughs> I am with you on the, the herbs, though. Without the herbs, food <laughs> is not tasty. <laughs> she knows where to find me. When we get lost in the store, I'm probably in the herbal section. <laughs> so do you use uh, ingredients like um, cumin and coriander and fenugreek? Yep, I use fennel I use cumin, I use uh, turmeric, I use a lot. I am a, a ginger fanatic. I love ginger on everything. I use saffron leaves. So I use okay. a lot of the bay leaves. Yeah, I use a lot of those type of uh, herbs with my cooking, you know. And, and they, like I say, they, when people learn how to incorporate these type of herbs in cooking, it builds a better flavor. Not only is it flavorful, but it's healthier for you. Your body tends to be able to use these herbs in a more positive way. Mm-hmm. And even yep. Italian food with sage and oregano and thyme and rosemary, yep. there is such a depth and variety of flavors I can't imagine yes. using those ingredients uh, could make anything taste bad. And it, 
No, it, I, it, it doesn't. And then I experiment because, you know, they have a Thai basil, which is very good, too. It's a more flavorful, a little bit sweeter than regular Italian basil. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I try to teach people that experiment from time to time. You know, like, like you said, I'm not a big recipe king, and it's kind of the fault of my own. Uh, all these recipes are, are just by design. I'm always designing and being creative and trying to tantalize your taste buds and get things sparking in your mouth when you taste the food. Instead of just tasting salt, I want you to taste those layers food, of flavor, yes. those herbs and stuff. So, yeah, it's good to experiment with herbs. So you find that people are open to being experimental when you show them how to do it. Absolutely, yes. And I think I think that face-to-face interaction I have with them, like I said, I'm not on TV. We're not going into a commercial break. I'm right there live. And I'm usually giving out samples of any recipe that I demo so that people can see, look, I didn't just bring this here and, and try to fool you. This is what I actually prepared. And you can see that this is what it tastes like. See, I think that face-to-face interaction, that involving the engaging the crowd, I think that helps people to want to just, do it because I've been to cooking demos where a guy gets on the mic, he cooks the food, he gives you a recipe card, and everybody goes home. You know? mm. So there's no engagement. There's no trust building. There's no ministry. It's just all about mm-hmm. a demonstration. So it's truly taking them for a journey, making them a part of the journey, and then through that journey, Absolutely. transforming people and building trust. Yes, it's taking them through a journey. It's just not a cooking demonstration. It's taking you through a journey, and it's letting you see taste and feel. I'm trying to embark on all of their uh, uh, senses. You know, the sight, the smell, the taste, the touch. I want people to be able to do all of that. And in that way, I think they're more prone to try it. Instead of just seeing it on TV, oh, I think I want to try that. Oh, it didn't turn out right. They never got engaged. You know, they can't ask questions Mm -hmm. on TV. (laughs) Fascinating work you're doing. So let's Pick this up after our break, and we are going to go into our last segment. So be prepared to share your information on how people can get a hold of you or get in touch with you. I will. Thank you. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's KASHenry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. 
To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. Chef Brian, welcome back to our final segment. Thank you. We are talking about food and fried food and the different types of oil. So as we are looking at beyond the ingredients and the herbs and the spices, the methods of cooking, are there specific methods people should not follow all the time but use it as a luxury once in a while and different other types of cooking that they need to make their everyday part from a lifestyle change perspective? Yeah, I think uh, actually uh, some people could just go straight raw. You actually don't have to cook it at all. Or you could steam it, you know, or you could, like I say, pan sear it or bake mm-hmm. it. So there's a lot of different options. And uh, actually I try to tell people to just, like it's about that experimenting with herbs because I do these uh, uh, spring rolls that I actually wrap them in a collard green leaf and I okay. steam them. And I usually give them to people that I know would probably think it's the worst thing in the world for them to eat, and they somehow enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, showing people different techniques, you want to be able to steam things. Uh, I, I totally am against boiling vegetables. I don't know. I think that's the worst thing in the world. You might want to even try oven roasting them. Okay. I found that when you put a little oil on some vegetables and throw them in a hot oven and kind of roast them, that is like the best way to enjoy vegetables that I've ever had in my life. I'm glad you say that because we were taught if you boil vegetables in water and throw the water, you just, you just put all the nutrients down the drain. Yeah, you just threw everything away. <laughs> yeah, you just threw everything away. You just threw everything so, away. <laughs> yeah, so how about root vegetables? People don't tend to eat a lot of root vegetables. And I see very, I have to go to the ethnic store to buy all the vegetables I need. Because right. the regular American grocery stores don't carry that much variety of vegetables and root vegetables. Right. Yeah, and I think it's about they need to educate. Yeah, people need to request that as well. Sometimes I tell folks, and I get the same response that you gave. Oh, the store doesn't carry. I can't get it. Well, then you need to demand that the store carry it. You need to talk to the manager, speak with the produce manager. They need to have it in there. You need more parsnips, more uh carrot, you know, more uh, jicama. You need a lot more of those type of vegetables mm-hmm. in your store. Yep. So you can demand it. People need to start being more demanding about getting more ruddy vegetables because it's very great for your digestive tract. Very good. Yes. Yes. And I remember my Jewel Oscar grocery store actually started grading fresh turmeric instead of the powdered. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that I could actually grate it and use it as I'm cooking. Yes, my hands turn nice and yeah. orange, but that's besides the yeah. point. I'm getting good food. Yep, yep. So, yeah, that's true, that's true too. And I can say, because uh, I love cooking with rooty vegetables. And, like, even with a uh, broccoli stalk, people are like, oh, I just cut off the uh, crowns and I throw the, the, the stick away. I'm like, no, get your carrot pillar and shave off that outer edge and toast it. Toast it in a skillet and then use that to kind of, that inside core is a little more tender. People are like, oh, I didn't yes. even know that. So I'm like, yeah, you can use all of that. I don't throw anything away when it comes to root vegetables. <laughs> and they're nice for soups too, right? Very nice for soup. Uh, yeah, you can always take that, all, of, all those root vegetables, and boil. you can even make your own stock. I tell people to make your own stock. Mm-hmm. 
So they go, well, well, if I make all of this stock, how am I going to store it? I say, here's a method. Get you an ice tray and freeze it into little cubes. There and you then drop them in a bag. So every time you need some stock, you got your little cube of stock. You know? Yeah, don't <laughs> get it from a can. You get it from your ice cube. There you go. Get your stock from your ice cube. Yeah. Just about preparation. That's the thing, too, I teach people. Sometimes you just got to prepare things. I teach them how to buy in season. And then freeze things, you know, and mm-hmm. how to preserve things and stuff like that. Because you try to buy strawberries now, they're probably like $9 a pound. Yes. Opposed to an earlier part of the uh, season, you could have got up two, you know, five pounds for two ninety nine. cut them up free. Same thing with tomatoes. So tomatoes, mm-hmm. I tell people that. Learn there's methods that you can just try to try to buy in season and preserve some things too. So I show them, I show them those things as well. Oh, that is wonderful. So uh, blanching them, vacuum packing and freezing them or making brats and putting in uh, ice cube trays, those are all good methodologies. Yes, it is. Yep. Maybe having a second freezer might be a good investment, huh? That might be a very good investment, having your deep freezer. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's really good. And see, I actually invested in being one of the, uh, you know, those silly machines that fills out all of the air out of the bag, and I freeze stuff that way because people have always asked, well, how do I, you get my lettuce to stay, you know, fresher? Why don't you get freezer burn? I tell them it's because you need to get as much air out of that yes. bag before you seal it. Mm-hmm. You know, because that, that air is what kills it. So, you know, just little techniques that you show people how to prepare. It's about the preparation mm-hmm. of things, you know. And they t- they tend to get it. It's a little more work, but in the long run, they see the benefits. They're saving money. You know, they're saving time in the long run. Because mm-hmm. if you freeze and stuff and it gets burnt, you have to throw it away. You can't use it. So That's that little true. extra time that you use to get it ready for the freezer or for the refrigerator, you tend to could use it later on instead of throwing money in the garbage, you know? Makes total sense. Makes complete yep. sense. So um, as we start thinking about uh, uh, how we want people to get in touch with you, uh, would okay. you like to share some information? Absolutely. So uh, as I was telling Cass, I, I try to do a lot of stuff in the community. Uh, but if you're looking for any uh, private chef engagement or you want to do any, uh, have a type of health fair that you want a healthy cooking demonstration, uh, you can either reach out to the American Heart Association, uh, mm-hmm. .org, at heart.org, uh, and do a request. Or you can reach, reach me privately. I'm on Facebook at Chef Brian X as an exclusive catering, which is the name of my catering company. So that's mm-hmm. Chef Brian X on Facebook. Or you can, you can call me at 312-731-6467. That's 312-731-6467. Or you can reach me via email. That's Brian K. Alston, B-R-I-A-N, K as in kite, A-L-S-T-O-N, all one word, Brian K. Austin at AOL.com. Beautiful. We will share this information and this uh, recording will contain uh, all of your contact information so that listeners, whether they listen live or on demand, will be able to get in touch with you. And Brian, mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how joyful it has been to have you on the show and talk about food. So I'm like twice as happy now. <laughs> the pleasure is all my. And any Thank chance you. I can get Thank you. And look forward to cooking place. with you sometime soon. You too, Kat. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Okay. And getting back to my audience, thank you so much for hanging in there and being a part of another show. It's always a pleasure. 
And remember, the show is always about our shared journey and what matters to you is important to me. So please keep sending me questions and ideas that uh, you are interested in uh, so that we can shape our shows around your interests and your questions. You can reach me at drcasshenry at hotmail.com. That is D-R-K-A-S-H-E-N-R-Y at hotmail.com. I will not only love to shape the future shows to meet your needs, but I would also love having you on the show as you have seen uh, other listeners come on the show and engage in conversations with me. I hope you have enjoyed our episode, Food for Thought and Developing Bonds. It is my hope that you will start looking at food differently. Chef Brian has given us such wonderful food for thought and insights, and I hope that we are taking that and taking along with our lives to look at a way to change the way we eat and the way we think of food. When each of us start thinking and acting differently about food, we become healthier and stronger, and together our cultural divides will start shrinking because we realize by sharing food, we learn each other's culture. As you continue on with your journey this week and over the weeks, remember, every human interaction is an opportunity for our transformation. So let's go out there. Let's transform lives. Take everything you've learned today and you've, we've discussed over the prior weeks and start changing lives. And don't forget to start with your own. Thank you for tuning in to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, how to get it just right. Please join Dr. Cass Henry again next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another edition of the program. We'll see you then.